of it's not you it's them but it might be you with me the nation's favorite agony aunt which is a title that i've given to myself i've never done any research with the nation but i mean who else is it gonna be you know what i mean come on now anyway if i am your favorite then you're in for a treat because we have three more questions for me to answer today And today's first question is... Hi, Lola. I found out 10 days ago that my partner of nine years was cheating. He's been sent on his way. I'm 60 years old, and my fear is I won't find a 60-plus man who's feminist enough because of the upbringing that we had. I'm only just getting with the programme, and I'm a woman. Should I make allowances? I'm really confused. Loving your book, it's really helping. 10 days ago is not a long time. You have been through a lot very recently. Finding out that your partner of nine years was cheating must have been really traumatic. And well done for sending him on his way and for setting your boundaries clearly and loudly. Cheating brings with it so many bashes to the self-esteem. Being cheated on, and most especially if they end up staying with the person who they cheated with, is fucking brutal. It can knock your sense of self, your ability to trust yourself and others. And realising that so much throughout your relationship had been lies, trying to figure out what's the truth, what's been manipulation, it's all horrible. It's so complex and it's such a blow to us. Finding yourself single when you weren't expecting to be is hard. It's discombobulating. And of course, your age is a factor. That sense of having less time, less of a pool to choose from. But let's imagine that you live until you're 90. As long as you don't get run over by a bus or whatever in the meantime, you still have 30 years ahead of you potentially. There is no huge rush. I genuinely do know people who have met the love of their lives at 85. Whenever we've had conversations about this kind of thing on my page, I've always had so many reassuring messages from people who are like, yeah, my nan met the love of her life on a coach trip when she was 92. So there is still time. And there is no huge rush. And right now, 10 days post-breakup is really not the time to be thinking about other men. Even though being cheated on can really inspire those feelings of wanting revenge, wanting to do the same back to them, wanting to be validated by male attention. But there is no rush into that and no need to be anxious about that. Whilst generationally, men in their 60s haven't been raised with the same social ideals as Generation Zers, there are still many men of that generation who hold the right views. There are socialist, feminist men of all ages, and there are also raging misogynists of all ages too. You do not need to make allowances or settle. It would be better to be single for the rest of your life than to settle for a man who thinks that your role is to cater and serve him. If you are looking for a companion, then his company has to be good. It's not good company to sit with someone who chats shit about women. And it is hard because not making allowances for non-feminist behaviour does mean that you can come across like a prick. And it can feel like you're cutting out your own options. I cannot tell you the amount of times that I've been sat opposite 
a man on a date who ticks a hundred boxes and then he says something about Andrew Tate or something that is very, very misogynistic and then I challenge it and then that's it. It's over. There's nothing we can work with anymore and it feels like, oh, if you could just shut up with your feminism, then maybe you could get to a relationship. But that's the point. I don't want a relationship with somebody who thinks those things, who thinks less of me because of my gender. Having standards will ensure that you don't waste your time on people who will ultimately make you unhappy. So maintain those standards and hold them firm. I'm glad you mentioned my book because if you hadn't, I'd be recommending it. And I'd be telling you to get really comfortable with being single, which is what the focus of the book is. Care for yourself and get over the trauma of what you've just been through. And then when you feel more stable, open yourself back up to dating with a view to never settling or making allowances. You can educate them, just don't settle or allow things that shouldn't be allowed. And our second question for today is... Hi Lala. I started dating a guy five weeks ago. We met two friends and we were friends for a month before we started dating. We became exclusive three weeks in and have been away on holiday to meet his family. Everything was going well. We were having unprotected sex and he never reached for condoms. We said we wouldn't sleep with anyone else when we started having sex. He just told me he has herpes and has had it for five years and I can't help but feel completely violated. I really like him and know that he only told me because he wants to have a relationship and sees a future with me. But is this manipulative of him? I don't know what to do. He should have told you before you had unprotected sex. That is the right thing to do. And that would have given you the opportunity to fully consent to unprotected sex. If you consent without the full facts, then that isn't knowledgeable and informed consent. However, herpes is quite a complex one because the vast majority of sexually active people carry the virus. 80% of the population who've ever had any sexual contact with anyone carry the virus. But only one in five of those people show symptoms. The herpes virus is the same virus that causes cold sores. People who get cold sores don't have them all the time and you can kiss them most of the time completely risk-free. However, because the virus never leaves the body, symptoms can pop up when your immune system is low, when you're stressed or when you're unwell. But we don't expect everyone who's had a cold sore to inform us before kissing them. There really isn't this standard out here for everyone who's ever had a cold sore to inform people before they kiss them that they once had a cold sore. But I'm sure that we would all expect someone to tell us if they'd just had one or if they could feel one coming. You'd want that warning. You'd want somebody who knew that they just had a cold sore or, or were just about to get one to say to you, listen, I do get cold sores. I just had one. Maybe we don't kiss for now. You would expect that to protect you. And it's much the same with genital herpes. You can have relatively risk-free sex outside of the times when there are active sores, outside of times when sores are about to come or when they are shedding. People who live with the virus will know when an outbreak is coming. And some people only ever have one outbreak. You might have herpes, have the symptoms one time and then never ever have those symptoms again. Or some people have symptoms frequently a couple of times a year. But people who live with the virus usually know when an outbreak is coming and they know they can avoid having sex during those times to keep partners safe. Because most people don't know that they carry the virus... This is where it gets complex because your risk of sleeping with literally anyone is basically the same risk of sleeping with someone who tells you they've had a previous diagnosis 
of HSV, herpes. So you could reject one person for having herpes and then catch it from the next person that you sleep with who had no idea that they carry the virus. You could already have it, but just have never had an outbreak. So basically, we should never judge people who disclose their herpes status to us. In fact, we should applaud them. It's hard. And we shouldn't avoid sleeping with them because we're probably safer with someone who knows their status and can avoid sex when they know it's risky than we are with anyone else. But I think in terms of this situation where he has had unprotected sex with you and then told you after, there is something to be said. He took away your opportunity to fully consent. It is good that he told you, but it was after, and that seems unfair. I think it sounds like you need to have a frank conversation with him about why he did that and how it's made you feel. In his defence, though, telling people about having herpes can often result in rejection. He may have been frightened to tell you, but morally he should have told you. I think you need to judge your feelings on how he responds to a conversation about it. If he's open and empathetic, then there's room for improvement. If he's defensive and gaslighty, then you have your answer. It's important for you to feel like you can rely on him to tell you the truth and to avoid sex if he feels an outbreak is coming. If you feel like you can't rely on him to do that, then it might be best to avoid him altogether. But presumably the fact that he's told you shows that he wants to keep you safe and is able to let you know but I definitely think his response is what will help you decide in this situation. And I do think he was in the wrong for not telling you until after. I felt like I've had to be really careful about how I answer this question. And I can also envisage that in the comments on my Instagram, if we do a post on this one, there'll be loads of women talking about how disgusting he is and how morally corrupt he is and how he removed her consent by not telling her so that basically this is a sexual assault. And you know what? All of that stuff actually would be correct if we're thinking really black and white, no nuance, no humanity. Yeah, that is how it is. And actually legally, he, he he's on very dodgy ground. There have been cases in the UK where people have been convicted of knowingly transmitting HSV. Somebody was convicted under GBH law. The, the reason I feel conflicted about saying those things is because whilst that is the truth and, and whilst it is morally, legally correct for people to inform you of their herpes or HIV status before having sex... I also get that there are so many women, so many women who message me all the time about having been diagnosed with herpes and really struggling to figure out how they're going to move forward and find new partners, how they're going to get over the horrific feeling or or, or what feels like a horrific feeling to them of, of, of having to tell somebody else and facing possible rejection. And even though everybody's like, well, you're just going to have to do that. You're going to have to bite the bullet and do that. I don't want to put anything out on this podcast or on my page where hundreds of people are all going, people with herpes should do this or should do that. Because actually there's a lot of nuance to this. And there's a lot of women who who feel really fucking shit about it. And and, and so I, I guess I have answered it for him in the same way that I would answer it for one of my readers, for one of my female followers. And if that generates people in the comments 
thinking that I've been really weak on him, then 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 so be it. I think we should be giving the same grace to both genders. So this one, for me, it's very nuanced. On the one hand, it is very serious and morally he should have told you and legally he should have told you. But on the other hand, I kind of understand why he didn't. Does that make sense? I hope it does. And the last question is... Hi, Lala. I've just found out that my boyfriend looks at and then messages escorts, asking them if they offer sex. He says it's a turn-on for him, like forbidden fruit, and that he's never or would never actually meet up with anyone. The thing is, I've told him that for me, this is very close to cheating. And he says he understands and said he wants to stop, but I don't think he can resist the urge. I'm concerned that one day this might turn into more than just a text. This has caused massive problems in our relationship, and when confronted with it, he's open and he answers questions truthfully, but only when he's presented with, with evidence. Last time I found it, he volunteered to show me all of his bank transfers to prove that there was no cash withdrawals or bank transfers that couldn't be explained, which there wasn't. I just don't know whether I should try and try and work things out with him or run. I don't know how long you've been together or what the quality of the relationship is like outside of this. So it's hard to establish whether this is a relationship that is worth fighting for and working on. But this is an interesting question, because how would you feel if this was dating apps that he used to talk to these women? How would you feel if they weren't sex workers, if they were ordinary women on apps and he was doing the exact same thing where he was just speaking to them with no intention of meeting up, but asking them about whether they'd want to have sex? Would you feel the same? Would you consider that to be cheating? And if you would, then I'd say that this is no different. In fact, in some ways, this is worse. Why is he wasting these women's time? You think these escorts have got time to just spend time titillating men on their forbidden fruit fantasies while not getting paid? How dare he use them for his stupid little fucking fantasies? How dare he exploit them for free and use their time in that way? Do you know how disrespectful and violating that is? And maybe he doesn't care. Maybe violating them and wasting their time is part of the turn on. In which case, what does that say about him? You said that he always tells the truth when pushed. But how do you know it's the truth? How do you know he hasn't got a secret bank account that you don't know about? If we see this is the truth and he just does have this weird fucked up fantasy of asking escorts about sex without respecting them enough to pay them, then you're going to need to see far more from him in terms of convincing you that this is something he's not going to do again. Your boundary is that you're uncomfortable with this kind of behaviour in your relationship and it has to end. And if it doesn't end, then you can't continue this relationship. But if it is this fetish compulsion weird thing that he's got going on that he just can't help, then he's going to have to do a lot more than simply tell you that he's not going to do it again. He's going to need to address the root cause of this behaviour and he's going to need to do that in therapy. Because if it is an addiction, which it almost sounds like he's saying it is, then he's not going to be able to stop by himself. So perhaps setting a boundary might be helpful. Perhaps you could tell him that you want to see him in therapy, going to therapy regularly for a certain amount of time before you can decide whether you're able to move on from this. And only you will know whether you think the relationship is worth saving and fighting for. But if you don't see him do some serious work to address this urge that he keeps having, then you're going to keep on going round in circles and having the same problems. And I think if it happens again, you should definitely run. And there we go. Once again, head to my page, 
there will be some of this to discuss on there at some point today. Well, it depends when you're listening to this. But if you're listening to this on the Wednesday, when it comes out, head to my page. You will see one of these questions. And the comments get really interesting. So head over to my Insta, la la la, let me explain, to carry on the conversation. La la la, let me explain. This has been a Sony Music Entertainment production.